Jane Thompson. Good morning, Jane. How are you? Good morning, Jill. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Look, it's lovely to have you back. I think we had you on probably six months ago or so. Maybe it was a little longer times for lying at the moment. So, um, but it is great to have you back. So, Jane, who has been on the show before, Jane uh, founded the Australian Women in Wine Awards, but she's also involved in the um, the fabulous ladies <laughs> in wine lunch, and uh, so very event focused. But the reason that we have Jane on uh, today is um, to congratulate her on her a massive achievement back a couple of weeks ago of receiving the Order of Australia Medal. Jane, how do you feel? Well, great still. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a really big surprise when it happened, not on the day. Um, they had let me know about 10 days beforehand, but it did come very unexpectedly and it was very, very lovely. It's not something... I think you ever set out to achieve something like that mm. in your life at all mm. and so but when it does happen my goodness it's a lovely lovely moment i bet so uh, well i mean uh, let's let's talk your career then because the whole point that we were given it is because of your dedication to to this purpose so tell us how it is that you got involved in the industry i know your father owned a vineyard how you actually uh, what what was it that actually sparked your interest in going okay women need a little bit of the help here <laughs> well, the business I started first and founded is called the Fabulous Ladies Wine Society. And it was a business where I'd always been a really enthusiastic wine consumer and I was working in communications. And um, I always felt that there wasn't enough uh, wine events or wine experiences that were specifically targeted at women. And so I used to get together with a bunch of girlfriends and we'd hold our own sort of wine dinners or we'd get together when there was a wine producer in town and try and do something with them. And uh, I remember very clearly one day a friend of mine looking at me and sort of saying, you know, Jane, I know you've been a bit unhappy in your career lately. Why don't you consider doing something like this? Do this. And um, Turns out I'd started doing that and it became a biz business very quickly. And then I realised that not only was it really important to get women together uh, to have great wine experiences and to learn more about wine, but actually women working in the industry also needed a bit of a, a bit of a hand to, um, I guess, have a platform in which to, to shine, to demonstrate what they could do. And that I worked out very quickly there was a huge gender inequality issue in the Australian wine industry. So that's going on nearly 12 years ago Jill. And so um, after a couple of years of just exclusively working with women in the industry as part of my business and making that my core business decision, I actually realised that more was needed to be done. And so in 2015, started the Australian Women in Wine Awards. And that has been conducted up until 2020 with the support of a really great advisory board as well. So uh, whilst my business has run that and underpinned those awards, um, it couldn't have been done without this incredible advisory board. And those, the members of that board, there's been a couple of members who've been on the whole time. We've also rotated through some incredible talent in the industry. Yes, actually, when you look at the panel, I mean, you've got the likes of Jenny Port, I mean, very, very well known. You have uh, uh, Sarah Collingwood. You've got, um, how did you get all these women involved? Well, it hasn't always been women. We've also had men involved on the board as well. well good, excellent gender equality. Yeah. Would you like that? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> for everybody to pitch in if we're going to make any movement in this direction, in the right direction, I should say. Yes. Um, so we have had a range of people. Jenny has been one of the foundational members and so has Karina Wright from Oliver's Tarango, winemaker and CEO She's there. Great. 
Um, but we've also had, you know, multiple people move through, including a few men, uh, because it's great to have those fresh perspectives and fresh fresh ideas um, and different skills that people can bring to the table. So it's been such a joy to work with a range of people over the years. The yes. awards themselves, the last time we held those were in 2020. And they're still the world's only awards program for women in wine. But because uh, quite frustratingly and sadly, COVID ravaged my business, we had to actually put an end to the awards. So, yeah. um, however, we th there's clearly still a massive need to put the gender equality issue in the spotlight. And one of the reasons for that is because the Australian wine industry is woefully behind almost every measure of gender equality. So, in fact, just this week, the um, ATO released the latest stats showing that the gender pay gap for winemakers in 2013 and 2014 was about $7,000. So the gender pay cap between men and women for winemakers was about $7,000. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to 2020, 2021, and the gender pay gap has increased by 100% in the wrong direction. So the gap is now $14,000. Right. So these are the things that are happening in the wine industry that we're not talking about. We're not giving enough attention to. We're certainly not giving enough funding or strategy to. And so even though um, my business is not in a position to run the awards at the moment, which is a huge, massive sort of eight month undertaking, we knew something had to be done. So with the agreement of the uh, advisory board of Australian Women in Wine, we've decided instead to hold a symposium this year at the end of the year. So that's just gone on sale on Friday to attend that. The date is uh, right. Friday the 17th of November. It's in Sydney. Um, and we've got, we're organising an amazing speaker lineup actually to focus on leadership and ambition and how to assist women towards leadership roles in the Australian wine industry because that's where we're struggling. We, we just, we're getting people into the industry. There's no trouble attracting women into the industry. It's keeping them here that's the issue. Okay, sure. Um, give us that date again, Friday 15th of November? Friday 17th of November 17th, in Sydney. Right. Yep, the Australian Women in Wine National Symposium 2023. So you can get um, tickets for that as a sale. They just... As I said, they just went on sale last Friday. Um, mm -hmm. And tickets for that you can find at womeninwine.com.au. Okay, wonderful. Well, I'll certainly be attending that. I'll, I'll jump on and uh, and get involved. And it, it is sensational that you are, do, you know, obviously get, getting behind this. I mean, it's, it is quite a conflicting thing, I guess. Um, you know, a lot of people just don't want to talk about it. They just kind of want to move on. But, you know, to your point, yeah, but a lot of people can't move on without the conversation. So, um, so thank goodness. And I love that you've actually been recognised for it. So you've had this event coming up next. Will you hope in the future to get the awards really back? Is is that your long term or not even long term, but you know, medium term goal, or uh, are you turning your mind elsewhere? Well, possibly. We'll just see how this symposium goes. I mean, when we started the awards in 2015, we actually thought it would be a five year strategy. We thought yeah. after five years, they won't be needed anymore because gender <laughs> equality won't be such a big issue, right? Mm. But unfortunately, it still is. So we actually went into sort of year six and year seven thinking, wow, we're still doing this. Um, but really, it's probably time to to try something else, to throw something else out there and to put energy towards some other strategies. Uh, so hence the symposium at the end of the year. And we'll see how that goes and then make a decision about the awards next year. You know, I was quite interested to hear you say that um, your awards program is was the only awards program in in the world in the world for women in wine. That's that right. That just that's seems right. absolute. That's quite mind boggling to me. <laughs> um, it makes me think, wow, that really should just be a focus to uh, to get it back up and running. Or at least anyone, any women out there listening to this who are thinking maybe that's something to get involved in because. 
it just said, well, for one, if you don't have the competition around, then it feels like you've got that market there uh, because you've got that clean slate to do whatever and you're not, you know, uh, trespassing on someone else's turf or, or you know, as it's to say, there's the competition's not there, but there's obviously the need, which has been proven. People wouldn't give you the Order of Australia medal if it wasn't, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sure. I mean, it's always been run as a way of that where my business, the Fabulous Ladies Wine Society, has been able to give back. So that's how, mm -hmm. what the awards are created for. It's a way sure. that we affect change in a positive way. Um, but it certainly requires, it was never done for profit, uh, and it was all, but it, it does require an underpinning. It does require someone to run them, and it's a huge undertaking. So um, we're not quite back up to that stage yet, Jill, after recovering from COVID. Uh, so hopefully something like the awards might continue in the future but at the very least we're able to continue um, pushing the agenda forward through different strategies including the symposium uh, and last year we also launched a gin in 2017 we launched a wine hear me roar the shiraz which raised about forty thousand dollars for women in wine and last year we backed that up and um and uh, sold and produced a gin also called hear me roar so that's made about thirty thousand dollars and that is what we're using to underpin the symposium and provide, right. um, provide the capital needed to actually take this sort of action. So actually, I, I tried that gin and it was delicious. Like it was, <laughs> see, I'm not a big gin drinker. It was absolutely delicious. And I shared it with my mum because I got like a little sample bottle, right? And, um, or 500 and, uh, and she wasn't even a gin drinker. And now we're all gin drinkers. <laughs> very, very, very good. But of course, there were sort of limited quantities. How, can you get your hands up? Will you be making more? Can you get our hands on it? And how do we do that? Yes, so we are making a special extra batch for, especially for the symposium. So when you're booking your ticket to come, you can also mm -hmm. add on a bottle of the Hear Me Roar Gin for our exclusive second run only to people participating in the symposium. There we go. Okay, I'm going to jump on that. So I'll, I'll keep spooking this date for the symposium for you, by the way, and um, I will very much look forward to catching up with you out there. But um, we should be able to see each other before then because aren't you just over the border in Byron Bay? Not far from Byron Bay. That's right, the famous international wine region of Byron Bay. Yes. <laughs> and, hey, I'm uh, in the yeah. Gold Coast and I run the wine show, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, not not too far away from you. Um, and it's, it's great to actually be based in an area that's not wine specific so that when I am advocating for women in different regions, there's never any case of bias or prejudice for a particular region. It allows us to remain absolutely neutral and really throw our support behind women across the regions. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. And actually, we were going to catch up at Siblings for lunch and then a few too many things got in the way. Um, I, I just remember that this office is going back a while ago. And I do remember your comment of since COVID took away a lot of my workers, I'm doing everybody's job right now. And uh, yeah, it seems like you, you are very, very busy. Does it look like things are just settling down a little bit now, though, now that you've got some things in place? Are you moving in the right direction? We're definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah, it's just a bit, it's a slow rebuild. So yeah. um, when your business can't operate for two years, it's like starting from scratch again. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but no, it's absolutely. great. So thrilled to still be here. So thrilled to still be doing what we're doing. And um, I mean, all of our events are still selling out. Our tours are still selling out. So it's really great to know that the community is still there. The community of wine lovers is still behind us. We still want yes. to get together. We still want to have fabulous wine experiences. And it's a joy to always bring those.
Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, on, on a bit more of a fun note, let's just talk as a couple of minutes. What are some of your absolute favourite varietals? Why and specific brands? Oh, specific brands. Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm like the ABC. I don't like to talk brands. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Don't talk brands. Talk varietals. So, well, in terms of, well, I'm more of region girls. So, um, in fact, I was having this conversation yesterday over a long girls lunch I was at um, in Byron for a birthday and everyone, of course, I'm I'm often the friend who gets asked to pick the wine and people are like, you know, but I don't like Chardonnay, but I do like Pinot Gris. And I said, I don't want to hear any of it because I just want you, I just want to know, do you like high acid? Do you like fruit? Do you like structure do you like tannin and so um then i said right well we're actually we're going to look at regions so i actually really love cool climate regions um yeah. i don't mind what the varietal is because they're all going to taste um very different compared to if those same varieties are grown in a different region under different circumstances so yeah. for me it's all about region and terroir rather than variety um for example um i'm a massive massive fan of adelaide hill sauvignon blanc and i actually cannot stand it when it comes from marlborough so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Regionality is a is a huge, huge thing. Okay. So do you have another example of a varietal that you really like from one region, but from another it's just not so palatable to you? Um uh yes. So um so there's some Pinot Noir grown around the Hunter Valley. Uh there's not much, there's still a little bit left. And I just it just doesn't do it for me. Um but of course Pinot Noir from Mornington um or Yarra or Tassie or Great Southern, I'm really into. Um but the, those regions who just aren't cold enough who are trying to do Pinot, it's kind of it just yeah, it doesn't ring my bell. It's different. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just different. And again, that's why I think it's really helpful to talk beyond varietals um, when I'm talking, particularly in Australia, where we're really always talking about varietals. And in yes. fact, we should be talking more about region because that's the more exciting conversation to have. Yep, no, I totally agree, and, and I and I agree. I don't when people say that they don't like Chard or they don't like Riesling or they don't yeah. like a varietal. I think we well, just haven't found the right producer for you. Or your answer would be you haven't found the right region that to produce it. So I think that's like, really really important. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. So it's like this analogy that I often use at my events when I'm talking about wine, and I'm, it, it may or may not be helpful, but I often talk about um, the varietal being like your underwear, like your lingerie that you put on. It has to be there, right? It's really, really important to how uh -huh. your overall presentation is going to be and how you're feeling that day, and it's really going to underpin everything. But then yeah. you've got your dress, which is actually your region. So yes. that's that's how much more dominant the influence is going to be. Um, and then you've got your shoes and your jewellery and your bag, and that's your winemaking influence as well. So together yes. you've got the whole, it's a very simple analogy, but together you've got the whole outfit. But actually, for me, it, the, the varietal is, it's the underwear. It provides the structure to the whole outfit, but it's not the dominant player necessarily in how you're yes. going to describe that, that experience, that wine experience. Yep, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for that. It's kind of nice to end, end the chat on something that's not just talking about women in wine. Jane, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to come on. Congratulations again. That's such a wonderful achievement. And uh, I do look forward to meeting you in person, hopefully before November. Um, but if it's not till then, then that, at least that'll be a nice way for us to meet. Thanks so much, Jill. I really appreciate it. Take care.